Jazzcast Pros. Hey, I am Kelly Marie, and welcome to Healthy Illness, the podcast to help you create healthier relationships while living with mental health conditions. I am a Black woman with mental health conditions, and I share my story right here on this podcast as well as tips. We have subject matter experts to help us create the lives that we deserve. And, you know, to be honest, I just want you to know that healing's possible, recovery is possible, and you can live a full, complete, and healthy life while also managing mental health conditions. It is February, and that means it's Black History Month. Uh, This month, I told my friends and my staff, Black, White, Latina, like, it doesn't matter. This month, I am going to be Blackity Black, so... I'm blackity black for the month of February. And so this particular episode is really important to me because I live with depression, clinical depression, not just, you know, having a bad day or a bad mood or or life is happening, but the actual medical diagnosis, clinical depression. And so I um, came across this article and folks at NYU, New York University and Columbia University did some mental health research on the signs of depression uh, for Black women. And so what they found is that depression may actually look different in Black women than in other women. And it got me thinking, it was a, a incred- I think, incredible story because so often um, in Black and Brown communities, we don't, not only do we not talk about mental health, but there is this belief that we have to be stronger than everyone else, that we have to be infallible, that we can carry the the weight of the world on our shoulders and still be okay, that uh, we don't have to, or we're not able to own our emotions. You know, there you can't be sad. Uh, you know, there's only making it happen and black rage, right? Like those are the the two stages of emotional, emotional like outpouring or showing of emotion that I think is is become to be generally accepted. And so this particular story, story about the research that was done at NYU in Columbia talked about the type of um, symptoms that Black women with depression show. And so I'm just going to read a little bit of it to you. It says, and this is from uh, the NYU website. So this is sourced information directly from the institution that did the research. And the link will be in the show notes or someplace, wherever Jazz puts them and they're supposed to go. It says, Black women with symptoms of depression more often report sleep disturbances, self-criticism, and irritability than stereotypical symptoms such as depressed mood and helplessness and hopelessness. Excuse me. And what does that that really mean? It means that healthcare providers, it even means that peers, you know, people like myself, I don't diagnose and I don't treat, uh, but that mental health professionals can be missing signs of depression and underdiagnosing Black women with depression because they're looking for the stereotypical 
signs and symptoms. You know, changes in appetite include low mood, um, and I'm reading from the NYU website, loss of interest in activities, changes in appetite or sleep, and feelings of hopelessness or worthlessness. But that symptoms, and you know, I've talked about this, can vary from one person to the next. And within cultures and groups of people, they vary. In this particular research, I think is so necessary and can really be a game changer when we talk about mental health and what it looks like when we talk about mental health from a professional standpoint to help others better understand what mental health symptoms, what the signs look out like. And so signs and symptoms are two different things. Signs are things that other people can see and symptoms are the things that you feel with within you that other people can't really see, but you may share them with someone. So when a medical professional is talking to someone, and in this case, a Black woman, and asking them, you know, do you feel hopeless, right? Or do you feel, um, are you spending less time doing things you enjoy? Are you not sleeping well? Are you overeating or undereating? Right? These typical signs do not necessarily uh, work when it comes to diagnosing depression in Black women. And so Black women in the study with greater depressive symptoms were more likely to report somatic symptoms, for example, fatigue, insomnia, decreased libido, and self-critical symptoms for example, self-hatred, self-blame, then stereotypical depression symptoms, such as, again, the feelings of hopelessness or depressed mood. They also reported experiencing an inability to experience pleasure and irritability. And so when I look at myself and how my symptoms kind of manifest I don't necessarily have a low mood per se, but the the piece about not being able to experience joy or pleasure, that hit home for me. Um, the self-hatred, self-blame, that hit home for me. When I am my most depressed, I do sleep a lot. Uh, so that is one of the symptoms that, you know, you, you check the box. That is definitely something that aligns with, with my depression experience. So does the feelings of helplessness and hopelessness. But here's the thing. The the hopelessness piece and um, the, the feelings of excessive loneliness are really at the far end of my like depression spectrum. Things are really bad when I get to that point. There's usually suicidal ideation, um, just thoughts of suicide and that is is at the 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 far end of my depression spectrum whereas some of the middle area and lighter end of my depression symptoms are in alignment with this study and so how many women are not being properly diagnosed or being undertreated because what they're experiencing as a depressive episode as a depression a medically diagnosable mental health condition, not just a bad mood or a response to an event or, or something like that, but how many, how many women are experiencing legitimate symptoms and signs of depression, but they are not seen by the mental health professionals. Hey, if you like this episode, check out Getting Real with Bossy, where we chat about what it's like to be a woman business owner. 
You'll hear interviews with women who are doing what it takes to succeed and the reality of what that looks like. We cover all the topics, figuring out the rules and regulations, navigating business partnerships, even if that's your spouse, motherhood while running a business, working within your values, and all the ups and downs of being the boss. Are you ready to get real? Pop over to our podcast, Getting Real with Bossy. Fantastic. Greetings, everyone. My name is Ra. Yes, I am the host of Father Torch. I would like to take this time to invite you in my discussions on very, very important topics of being a black and brown father in today's society. Being a parent, the other parent, we face trials and tribulations too. We have worries, we have feelings. Here at Father Torch, we promote the advocacy of being the dad you wish you had. Join me at fathertorch.com. So there's a couple of things here. One side of that is I can see how we tend to not want to speak to a medical professional about something like our mental health based upon this study. In addition to that, and just from a personal perspective, one side of it is again this this belief that you know black don't crack right that we are you know we we can carry the weight of the world on our shoulders we will always be there you know the show don't stop we keep moving we keep pressing we keep hustling we always make it happen we got to show up for our family our kids our friends our work our everything right that's the one side of it the other side of it is that medical mistrust and because of this medical mistrust, which is legitimate, right, we are less represented in research and we are less represented in the numbers of people that are seeking assistance for mental health conditions. And so how do we come in in the middle? How do we get to the point of one, being better represented in research and two, being seen and heard in our professional medical professional settings so that when we express something like um, a critical eye on self, you know, self-hatred, how, how can we articulate that and be heard and seen? And so I do not have the answer, but something, many things Something has to give. Something has to change. It is, yes, incumbent upon the system to change, to better uh, address racism, to better address issues as they relate to gender, not our issues, but their issues with gender. Um, those things have to change. But I believe that we also have to, to be more um, forgiving. We have to uh, work more in a space of grace as it relates to us and our families, our communities, our friends, our group in spheres of connection and influence. You know, when it comes to social support, social supports are so important. But to be honest, it, it can be difficult when your social supports are telling you all you have to do is pray your way through it. Or if you wanted to feel better, you would. Or girl, you know, we don't have time for that. We got things to do. We got moves to make. When you are experiencing a an effect of a mental health condition. And so where does that leave us? Where do we go next? How do we get to the place where we are able to be seen, where we're able to be heard, both within our spheres and in this, this medical realm? It's gonna take a lot of work. We have to acknowledge the trauma and the issues, rightfully so, that 
people have, especially people of color. And in this case, I'm talking about black women, right? That black women have with the medical profession, with the medical industry as a whole, not just doctors, right? But all of healthcare. And then again, the social support side, right? We need to be more gracious within our social supports and our social settings, not just when someone is experiencing an issue, right? This is something that we have to do all of the time because you don't know when someone's going to need help, when they're going to need support, when they're going to need a shoulder to cry on, when they're going to need someone to call 988 for them because they're in crisis, right? If we don't begin to develop better relationships with ourselves, we're not going to be able to notice and assist and help in order to get someone to that medical side. Right. And so it, it is multi-layered. I just know my personal experience and reading this research study with NYU and Columbia kind of opened my eyes to what I've always believed to be the case. You know, I've, I've talked to many women and, you know, folks have a fear of being misdiagnosed. But here's the thing. We have to start somewhere. Right. We have to begin to have tough conversations with love and grace. We have to begin to we have to be better. The healthcare system, healthcare industry, they do have to be better and they have their work cut out for them. But at the same time, we have our work to do too. And imagine how much healing could take place, right? If we began to do the healing ourselves, how much recovery could take place if we provided safe environments within our own families and communities for people to heal and to recover, right? That is separate from the healthcare industry and issues with healthcare, right? Two separate things um, when it comes to this healthcare piece. How do they begin to, to do the work and do the work better for all people? And it boils down, you know, if you know me in my nine to five, you know, it's all about root causes. When we talk about root causes, we're not talking about the symptoms. If you think about a tree, you know, if that tree is sick, you don't treat the leaves, right? You don't treat the branches. You have to figure out what's happening within the root system, what's happening outside of the tree, the environment that that tree is growing in, in order to heal the tree, right? We're looking at soil. We're looking at water. We're looking at sun. We're looking at wind, the environment, what's happening. We're not blaming the tree for the tree being sick. Similarly, when it comes to health, when it comes to wellness, there are some accountability pieces, but we have to look at the reason why people are in a position that they're in. Why do people feel as though they don't have someone to talk to? Why do people feel like they have to be uh, the bearers of all things, right? Why do people feel the way that they do and why aren't the supports there? And so I challenge us as human beings, as communities, as families, as women, as men, as non-binary, as trans, like I challenge us all to begin to have more healing communities. When it comes to those root causes, I'm just going to call out racism because to be honest, that is the root of many of the issues. We can talk about, you know, lack of insurance. We can talk about the study and symptoms manifesting differently. But oftentimes, Black and brown folks are not getting the type of treatment, the type of respect, the type of understanding that they deserve because of racism. It just is what it is. People don't believe 
that certain people have the same right to be healthy, to be happy, and to be whole as others. Those are just facts. And so honestly, until we get to the bottom of that piece, it's going to be difficult to see a lot of change there. But there are people that are in this industry. There are people that are working in healthcare, that are working in research, that look like us, that are navigating the systems on our behalf, right? And I'm calling on them to, you know, knock down some more doors, to ring more bells, to sound more alarms so that change can be instituted. So that when someone is experiencing signs of a mental health challenge, they're seen and heard regardless of what a book says it should look like. So I will leave you with that for this week. I'm Blackity Black for the month of February. Uh, rock out with me. You too can be blackity black if you want. Um, history is made every day and how we make history doesn't have to be something that ends up in the history books. It can be how you show up every day. And so my commitment and contribution to Black History Month this year is to be there, to wake up, to show up every day. You don't have to write that book. You don't have to be on a stage. You don't have to give a great speech in order to contribute to history, right? We do it every day by just being. So continue to be, continue to love, continue to grow, and continue to be the light. I'm Kelly. And I'm Kelly. The host of Getting Real with Bossy, the real, raw, and honest podcast about small business ownership. We created Bossy to be a safe place to ask the hard questions and to get support that's necessary. With our experience, nine businesses in over 25 years, we continue to bear it all and share what we wish we had known. We move past the must-be-nices and start getting real. Come along as we interview small business owners and get the true story. Leave with another tool for the next time you feel alone on this journey. Business ownership leads to unexpected knowledge. What are you an expert at? Tell us at Getting Real with Bossy and subscribe today.